the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today, we continue our look at Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 14. Not under the law, but grace. Now that is what saves us. But then it sets us free to be slaves. How's that work? Let's talk about that. Over the past couple of weeks here on Abounding Grace, Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose has been showing us how the Apostle Paul in chapter 6 of Romans, verses 1 through 14, really makes the case that we are saved by grace through faith. The law has its role, but it's not by obedience to the law that we're saved. Yet having said that, We're going to see here in the next few verses, from verses 15 through 23, that we are freed to be slaves. So then, what does all this mean? We have a final look at chapter 6, verses 1 through 14, as we lay the foundation for where we're headed next. Here's Pastor Gary in today's program. What does law do? Law shows us our duty. Law says, if you do this, you will be blessed. The law says, if you don't do this, you will be cursed. But Paul says in Romans 7 that the law serves another function. And that is that it even incites us to more sin. I mean, the surest way to have to give your child a spanking is to tell them, don't eat that other cookie. Maybe it didn't even cross their mind to eat another cookie. But then you tell them, don't eat another cookie. Oh, another cookie? Okay, where is the other cookie? I want the other cookie. Because you see, when we hear the command, it incites something in us that says, I want to do that. But of course, what can the law not do? The law cannot justify. It cannot make us right with God. It cannot reconcile us to the Father. Law cannot silence a guilty conscience. Obey as you will. But the conscience doesn't recognize the key of the law. It doesn't accept it. So what is Paul saying here? We're not under the law is the way we relate to God. We are under, we're not under its condemnation. We're not under its weakness. We're not under its curse. Think about how glorious this is. We're not under the law because Jesus paid the penalty for our law breaking. And Jesus, because he has borne our condemnation, it says in Romans 8.1 and 8.33, there is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. No more. Because Jesus paid the full penalty for all of our sin. Think of what that means. We're all aware of sin in our lives as believers. But 
We're not under the law's indictment. We're not under the law's condemnation. God doesn't say to you, all right, you sinned. Now you need to obey your way back into my graces. Some moms and dads do this with their children. And trust me, this is dreadful. Your son, daughter need to blunder about trying to figure out how you are going to make things right with me. Do any of your parents, your parents do that? Stop. Now, as Christians, we are very conscious of the sins in our life. But what do we do when we commit them? We feel guilty. And we go right back to the fountain of grace. We go right back to Jesus Christ. But the sword of God's justice, which was made sharp by our disobedience to God's law, is sheathed. Why is it sheathed? Because God took it into his own holy breast. So there is no more condemnation. We're not under the law's indictment. We're not under its penalty. We're not under its curse. That it justly proclaims against all lawbreakers. We are absolutely under grace. And what is grace? Well, grace is not some kind of giddiness. Grace is not hip, hip, hooray. There's no longer a need to worry about obedience. Why has this become such a popular idea today? It is because people have become guilty again about disobeying God. And well, they should. So for a lot of people, the way to get rid of the guilt is to escape the light. So if we escape the light, we'll silence the guilt. And the conscience will settle back down. And I won't have to worry about duty. But that's not grace. Grace is not a license to sin. Grace is not permission to test God to prove your sonship. That's not grace. Grace is God's kindness to sinners. Grace is God's kindness that we do not deserve. What is God's grace that we are under? By the way, under here has got to mean the same thing on both sides of the line. Under sin, under grace. It means we are not slaves to the law's condemnation. We are not under it. We are not defined by it. Any longer because Jesus paid the price for our law breaking. And we are defined by grace. We are slaves to grace. We are under grace. The first thing that means is, and I'm just going to go down a short list here. One, it means we are forgiven. Stop and think about what that means. We throw that around so easily today. Will you forgive me? Yeah, I'll forgive you. I'm sorry. Okay. But it's different when you're talking about the Holy One versus how we relate to each other. He understands all the filth of our heart. He is personally deeply offended because he says, I didn't make you like that. I made you to love me and worship me in purity, but you have broken every one of my commandments. But... Because Jesus Christ paid the full penalty for all of your sins, God says, I will freely forgive you. And like Micah says in chapter 7, I will cast all of your sins into the depths of the sea. That is the first way we are under grace as believers. 
we're forgiven. And the throne of God, the throne of holy, holy, holy God has been made for us a throne of grace, forgiveness, cleansing from our many sins. And these blessings are all because of what Jesus has done for us. Think about how God's grace will help you in your struggle with sin. Are you struggling with a particular sin in your life and you're thinking God is going to come with his wrath against me? No, he's not. Judgment is hanging over my head. No, it's not. Not if you are in Christ. Now, granted, I'm not talking about presumptuous sinning. I'm just going to sin with a high hand because I'll be forgiven later. No, I'm talking about someone who is deeply humbled and at the same time aware that they have sinned against God. But, beloved, now don't focus on the judgment. Look at the help God promised you in Jesus. Beloved, we need to get this into our thick skulls. If you're clinging to the cross, there is no condemnation ever, ever coming. No one is going to lay a charge against you. Your sins are not going to be brought up before the majesty of God because Jesus swallowed them and took all of the wrath of God upon himself, which means... That when we struggle, when we need to call out to God for wisdom to overcome, he will provide for that to you. Not, well, I better find some way to get God to like me again. Perhaps we learn this too pitifully in our homes growing up. Parents, we teach our children a really bad view of grace sometimes. Now, granted, we need to repent, which means we need to stop sinning and be righteous But it's like we withhold affection from our child until they perfectly match up to our expectations. Or we make it a long, arduous path that unless they do everything just like I want them to, I'm not even going to smile at them. This is not how our Heavenly Father treats us. His throne is open to us. In our hour of need, where are we supposed to go? To Him. When we sin, where, what are we supposed to do? Go to him. Go to him against whom we have sinned. You know, in this doctrine, Roman Catholicism is, of course, false, which says that Jesus only paid for those sins before we were baptized, but we're on our own for those we commit after. No. Past, present, and future. The blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed all of God's elect, all of God's sheep from all of their sins for all times. So when we go to his throne and say, Father, have mercy upon me, and we look to the Lamb of God, we are freely forgiven. And with that forgiveness, because our hearts are touched, we're then overwhelmed that God has forgiven me again. I'm so weak, and yet he forgives me. And then our hearts are melted. And we want to please him more. And this really leads us to want to obey God. It leads us right back to God's law to teach us how to please him. Why? Is it because we are fearful? No, it is because we have love in our hearts. We see God's perfect love has cast out our fears. There's no fear in judgment. The key of Christ's sacrifice has fit into the lock. 
and turned the lock of guilty conscience and brought the slaves out. So now we want to obey God because of our love for him and in response to his love for us because we want to please him because nothing is sweeter than his grace to us in Jesus that has cleansed away our sins and reconciled us to him. So we want to please him. We want to obey him. It's not guilt. It's not trying to measure up. It's not pharisaical legalism whereby we make a bunch of, of, of uh, laws up. No wonder. The Lord, I delight in your law. Forever is your word established in the heavens. I have seen an end of all perfection. Your commandments are exceedingly broad. For this is the love of God, says John, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not a burden because Jesus bore the burden for our law-breaking and he took our curse upon himself. I think for a part of my life, I've lived under some kind of perfectionist sense of I've got to somehow measure up. Now, we have to really be careful with this because we don't want to go off track of, hey, we can do whatever we want to do because that isn't where we're going in Christ. But if we ever want to have real joy in Christ and real confidence in drawing near to God, we have got to take our Savior's death on the cross seriously. Do you? Remember, we have never done one thing. We have never done one thing on our own to make God smile on us. Not one. Jesus did it. It was his obedience that brought me into a right relationship with God. His grace that enabled me to obey God in life. It all came from Christ. The fruits of righteousness, Philippians 1.11 comes through Jesus Christ. He is the vine, John 15. Everything comes from him. So I'm no longer trying to measure up. I know I'm a weak sinner and that Jesus has done all the measuring up that is necessary for me. But you see, if my heart is humbled by that and I have really tasted that the Lord is kind, that doesn't make me say, all right, let's just go ahead and sin. All right, we can ignore God's word. Hallelujah. We're done with all of that junk. No, absolutely not. It makes us say with John, you know, God's commandments are not a burden. They are only a burden when I misuse them. They are only a burden when I take to try to take a share in Jesus' death on the cross. And we think that somehow if I do this or I do that, I'll get some brownie points with God. But when I look at God's law for what it is, it shows me how to please him. And keep this in mind, beloved. He's already pleased with you and Jesus. So we just want to obey him and serve him with all our lives, whatever his word says. And that is when we have learned the gospel. I want to read one more verse to you, Titus 2.11. And this is a verse we should really commit to memory, particularly in our day, because there are so many hucksters of false grace throughout the church. In fact, there have always been 
but it seems as though there is a resurgence of them today. But here is grace, Titus 2.11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation, no more the law's curse against lawbreakers, but God's forgiveness and his cleansing through the blood of Jesus. For the grace of God that brought salvation hath appeared to all men. What does grace teach us? That denying ungodliness and worldly loss, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. If God is your teacher, this is where grace takes you. It takes you into God's school where the old lusts, we begin to hate them and we fight against them. Paul has already said in Romans 6, we want to resist them. We want to yield ourselves to God, not sin. And God, as our teacher says, we want to live soberly, clear-minded, righteously, obedient to him. And godly means here reverently. That is what Christ, Christ, God's grace does. And that is why God's grace is so liberating. God's grace is not liberating because it frees me to do whatever I want to do, all in the name of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. God's grace is liberating because it restores me to fellowship with him through Christ and it gives me the spirit so I can then walk as God created me to walk in harmony with his will. That is why grace is so liberating and so beautiful. As a sinner, we cannot do that. So beloved, let us defend grace always. Let us love God's grace. And if you're struggling today, I'll finish with this. We are probably all struggling in one way or another. Where do you go? You go back to Christ. He has abundant mercy. His blood is certainly able to cleanse any one of us. And you in the throes of a battle, are you in throes with a battle with sin in your life? Maybe it's lust, worry, fear, anger. Maybe you feel like going home and getting out the rolling pin and beating your husband over the head with it, ladies. I'm sure some of you do at times or would like to at times. Or maybe you're going to go home as a wife and give your husband a tongue lashing mercifully because it's just become a habit for you. There is help and there is hope for us. But it is only in Jesus Christ. And lastly, come to him and ask him. And also for the world to cleanse the sin. You know, now we live here. One day we won't. We'll be in the new heavens and the new earth. But we live here now. And in this particular country. So what is our main responsibility when we see so much darkness around us? When we see the opposite of Titus 2.11, now it's not our only responsibility. It's not even our main responsibility. But what is our main responsibility towards this world? It is to bear witness that there is a great God who saves men. Tell your neighbors, but you've got to experience yourself first. Then tell your neighbors, your co-workers, your family members. Ask the guy who does your dry cleaning. Ask the waitress, do you know the Lord? Do you know the one who saves men from sin? 
Do you know the one who cleanses us by his blood from our filth? If you want to live in a better land, a more peaceful land, a righteous land, our witness, witnessing of the salvific work of our Savior is the only thing that chases away the darkness. The gospel of the sovereign grace, it saves men out of darkness and brings them into the marvelous light of God. If you want to know one of the reasons why we have let our land deteriorate, when many of the men and women and children who came over here on ships were God-fearing, they made covenants with God. How did we lose all of that? Internal bickering, lack of a gospel-centered life, confusing grace, not discipling neighbors. that have come here from foreign lands and letting them bring their idols with them. We have lost this land, not because of politics. In fact, we didn't get this land because of politics. We lost it because the church lost hold of the gospel of grace. Our hearts were not humbled by it, and we did not speak of it as God's power unto salvation. So let's do it again. Look for opportunities, beloved. Pray this evening, Lord, bring me back to this. I'm not under the law's curse, and I don't relate to you by, if I do enough good things, everything will be okay. I relate to you by your grace in Jesus. I am cleansed. I am forgiven. The sword of justice is sheathed against me because it's satisfied with Christ's blood and righteousness. Lord, Fill my heart with gratitude for the grace that you have shown to me so that I do not hesitate to tell others of your saving grace. One more, sorry, parting shot. Smile. I'm not trying to be silly, nor do I want to be trite. But why so often in the Psalms are we told to sing and rejoice? You say, oh, come on, pastor, that's just formal worship language. No, it's not. It is the language of those who know mercy. It is the language of those who have been delivered from the tyranny of sin and have been brought to the free air of God's mercy and grace in Jesus Christ. Think more on that and smile more. Smile more. Be more attractive to other people. Some of you men and women have been married for quite some time where sullenness has grown up. At one level, you could go to a million counseling sessions, but it won't help until your own heart feels the joy of the Lord that he is my strength, he is my song, and I am greatly helped because of what Christ has done for me. Dads, husbands, if you go there in time, Your wife will respond positively. If you go there, moms, in time, your children will respond positively. They're not going to respond to the acts of the law. That will only stir them up. They will respond when they see your own life and heart humbled by God's grace. And then encouraging obedience out of gratitude for what God has done for us in Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Father, 
We thank you for freeing us from the tyranny of sin. And Lord Jesus, we praise you for bearing all of our curse upon your back on that rugged cross that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness. Thank you for healing us by your stripes. We confess that we were like sheep going astray, but we want to return to you as the shepherd and the bishop of our souls. Help every one of us where we are staying, where we are wandering, where we have perhaps lost any sense of grace and either confused it with the silliness of our age or have just fallen to a very self-focused, I can do this kind of legality. Help us instead to look at what the Lord Jesus has done to satisfy all the claims of your law against us, that he has satisfied the penalty, he has broken the tyranny, and now you have given us your spirit to walk in newness of life. May we be awakened and stirred by your gospel message to live in obedience to your law word out of gratitude for your great grace and mercy. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Well, that's all the time we have today. This has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. If you'd like to review today's broadcast, we would invite you to contact us for a copy of the program. They're available for just $5. Mention today's date and we'll send a CD your way. Here's where to write to us. PMB number 402, 1484 Pollard Road. That's in Los Gatos, California. The zip code is 95032. Again, that's PMB number 402-1484, Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, 95032 is that address. Our phone number, if you'd rather call, 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. Our website is reformedheritage.org, and if you'd like to join us for worship, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. We meet at the Lone Hill Church on 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions at our website, reformedheritage.org, or again, call 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue our studies in God's Word. Until then, may Christ be your abounding grace. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.